Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 7, Episode 5, titled The Despy Awards. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one telegenic co-host. From the Buddy Podcast Network, please say... To Lori Roggenkamp. Now, I'm going to tell you... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. I just realized while I was saying this that I didn't pull a clip for there. So I'm like, you know what? I'll, oh, I'll pull I thought it. it was me. I thought I was like, oh, I missed my cue. No, no, no. I thought I'll pull it later because I just realized I didn't pull a clip from this episode. Well, there really, I guess if there's something on my face and I was, that's probably what I'll pull later. So everyone listening later, you just heard a clip, but... Lori, nor I, nor anyone listening live heard a clip, and I think I'm going to have to pull you that should hear the. You should do the one where RuPaul tells her she doesn't have a big personality. That's one. Yeah, I'll just I'll pick one of them. We'll, we never know. I'll, uh, I'll pick one of them. But you just told me I have zero personality. Well, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, you just told me I don't have a personality. Which, you know, it's funny when you listen back, and I'm like, that's not what RuPaul said at all. Mm. No, but we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll I get, mean, we'll I get got it. a whole I got a whole issue with that with that mess. All right. Uh so Lori, everyone should know, uh Lori and I have been trying to record this episode for about 2 weeks. Right? And every single time Lori's fallen asleep, she has to have be dinner honest, with her. I yeah. feel like it's all your fault. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How is it my fault? I don't know. If you hadn't created the show, then but, we wouldn't be in this problem. But remember so. in the last episode, Lori was like, yeah, I'm fucking late. Deal with it. <laughs> now it's now she's not even showing up. She's like, yeah, my cousins came over and I fell asleep. Deal with it. <laughs> no, what happened? <laughs> well, it's it sounds even worse. I literally was like, I'm going to read. And then I, I'm going to we- read, read while I... Because you said you were going out to dinner with your Oh, yeah, friend. yeah, yeah. Which, this was after, mind you, like, four times I had said, I'm free all day. Call me whenever. And then you're like, great. And then I was like, oh, but I have a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so finally you were like, you know what? I'm going out to dinner with friends. I will call you when I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I will. <clears throat> excuse me. I, I'll, I'll uh, wait for you to call me and I'll read. And, I mean, I started reading uh, Lord of the Rings. And I was in the introduction. I'm not joking, Joe. Like, page two i was out you know what it's funny that you say that now i haven't done this specifically with lord of the rings but i've tried reading game of thrones and i like i'm talking about like within five pages i'm zonked out yeah i i mean i i I wish i could say five pages i feel better that that if it would be five pages but Mm -hmm. page like i literally flipped the page and i was like my eyes are closing while i'm doing this yeah yeah no i'm with you i'm with you uh, but I fall asleep. Here's the deal with me. I don't, I don't know what your sleep patterns are like. But with me, um, I, I find it very easy to fall asleep. It's not the easiest thing in the world for me to stay asleep. But I find it very easy to fall asleep. How is it with you? For me, it's the opposite. I have a hard time falling asleep. But once I'm asleep, I mean, besides getting up and going to the bathroom, mm-hmm. once I'm asleep, I'm pretty much it, that that's fine for me. Um, no. Well, no, I can go back to sleep after I fall asleep. Usually, sometimes it might take an hour or so, but I'll just be, you know, reading the news or causing a fight with my boyfriend or whatever. But, um, but apart from that, no, I usually I'm um, I'm asleep, but I don't like that. I I want to just go to sleep and then wake up and it's morning. That rarely happens. It rarely happens. Speaking yeah. of boring some people so far to go to sleep, um, 
That's probably what we're doing right now. I've been worried. I've been worried. I'm to be honest with you, Laura. I've, I've been worried that these segments, I haven't been bringing my A game. I think it's because I have so many shows that everything gets spread out. So I'm yeah. on too many shows. So I don't have anything to talk about. Well, what would your what's your A game? Like, what is your A game that you consider, like, if people were to look back on shows, like, what would be your A game? I would say season six and see oh you know actually all stars 2 those recap shows season 9 those all cap those are those shows also uh hello uglies most ep- most episodes of hello uglies i would say are kind of a game uh i don't know we'll let the listeners decide that uh, it re- what i've learned is it really depends on who my co-host is so i would say i think you are i mean from what i've been listening to i think if cuz i just was judging your you know what you were going to say like if you were going to say like, oh, you know, episode of uh, watch what you know, throwing down where I was, I had a, I had the flu. I was going to be like, well, yeah, I mean, that if that's your A game, then everything is your A game. Yeah. But I think for the most part, I think you like with the that rumor mill one time, you could tell that you were just kind of like tired. You know, like you can tell when you're tired, mostly because Joe, you're not subtle. So you know, like. <laughs> Nobody's ever like, I wonder how Joe's feeling because it's like, yeah, I'm no. tired. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm the worst poker player. I have the worst poker face. Yeah. You not only do you have the cards uh, facing front, but you're yeah. also shouting what they are and yeah. what your moves are going to be next. Mm-hmm. And there's like a big lit board behind me that announces what card I'm looking at at the moment. And what you're thinking about. And you're also reading from the board. And you know, also, it's like, Michael so Buffer. Much going on. Michael Buffer is standing behind me with a microphone from the ceiling and a tuxedo and two Las Vegas showgirls behind him going, like, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Batantes at Tia Clubs! You know, like. And then, and then you're like nudging the person next to you going, did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said? <laughs> and then a paper boy comes by on a bike and goes, extra, extra, read all about it, Joe Batantes, the three of clubs. And then you're hitting on the paper boy. It's a whole thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but <laughs> what I'm saying is, is like, I feel like, um, I feel like, you know, I feel like you, you pretty much know when you're not having like the best time, you know? So I, I, I but yeah, I think you're doing fine. I think you're doing really well. Speaking of, um, by the way, you know, you, I think also oh. one of the things that uh, freaks out people out when they start like getting successful or they start doing more is they start worrying that it's quantity over quality, mm-hmm. you know. But I think as long as you're like doing things that kind of like make you kind of or not, I can't think the I can't think the word right now. See, this isn't my A game. Mm-hmm. But I think once you're doing things that like don't necessarily make you struggle, but make you sort of like work to push yourself. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Then I think you're you're doing fine. So well, you know what's so funny is that that's one of the reasons why I pulled back from the rumor mill. Except for today, everyone who's listening to this in the future in the summer of 2020, you yeah. should know that um, I last minute have to do the rumor mill because Evan. Oh God. Anyway, I will. I, that make this makes this story is irrelevant six months from now, eight months from now. But I want to tell you about this, Lord. Yesterday, I went to Salt and Straw, which is an ice cream place with Ooh, John Paul. We go there. I've never week. been there yet. We go every week. Okay. Ooh. And we go to the same one. We go to the one in the Arts District of Los Angeles. Every Sunday we're there. And uh, I went there and this, God, this fucking beautiful twink just comes up to us, right? And as you know, uh, the exclusive tier doesn't know this yet. We'll talk about it in the next episode of this Joe Batanz. I'm newly single, Laurie, right? Yes. Even though technically I wasn't newly single then. 
I was still technically committed. Right? But then also you, but see, that's we can get into this in the rumor mill. I'm still confused as to your guys' relationship because you guys were saying that if you had, that you were, it was almost open, but then both of you were extremely jealous. So I feel like that was like a, a big thing, big issue in the relationship. We'll get to it later. Yeah, we'll get to it. Who knows? You know what? Let's let's save it because I, maybe when people are listening to this, well, it's yeah, going it, to be make, because yeah, you guys it, are going to be yeah, dating married. You know, <laughs> make, announcing the wedding of Joe Batanz and, and Aiden Deem. But for yeah. right now, so that's maybe maybe the because the rumor mill is more relevant. Maybe we'll just do it in the rumor mill. Yeah, guys, if you missed the if you're not listening right now, if you're listening, you really fucked up. Uh, <laughs> you should have been listening. This is going to be a. Uh, this is gonna if you are even if you are in the exclusive tier, this yeah. is gonna be an episode where it's gonna be like, I know all this. And it's gonna be like, Yeah, well, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. But anyway, that's what we like to do. I was at Salt and Straw and this guy comes up, he's like, Gentlemen, have you know, have you been helped? And I was like, uh, no, we have not, gentlemen. Is and your mom there? No, it was this cute twink. And I No, but I'm saying, do you go with your mom? No, with John Paul. Oh, okay. I was going to be like, if she said gentleman, if he said gentleman and your mom was there, I would have been like, uh, excuse me. Right. So I, um, so I go, uh, I go, and so I started, I was flirting with him hard, but he, he was flirting back. And at the end, he goes, what's your name? I go, I'm Joe. He goes, I'm Stefan. And I go, well, Stefan, uh, I'm going to make sure and see you next time I'm here. And he's like, please do. And I was like, John Paul was just like mouth agape, you know? And I was like, Still got it with the tweaks. But, you know, it's that definition, though. It's that definition, you know, of insanity. It's like, you know, um, repeating the same thing and expecting a different result, you know. And um, it's like, I'm like, oh, all these tweaks break my heart. And uh, let's do another one. Yeah. Well, that's what I keep telling you. Just go for somebody safe and boring. Oh, yeah. Lori Who goes knows? today. Lori goes, you know, I want you to try something. Find someone you're not attracted to and you find completely boring and you hate. And uh, date them. Meanwhile, by the way, just before that conversation, just before that, I'm talking the topic before, she's like, yeah, well, my parents, they haven't really been into each other since, like, the day they met. Uh, it's not like they just feel like they just settled on someone that was just there, and blah, 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 blah. And then she's giving me the advice to do exactly what she thinks her parents did. No, it's the opposite. I feel like I feel like my parents are like the you and Aiden scenario. Uh, you know, my mom is a a 19 year old twink and my dad is a a 40 year old gay man. Uh, no, I think that, I think that they both have these, they've had these, these attitudes that the Uh other person needs to do things to change and they're not doing them. And so they've just been frustrated by it. Uh So yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that, I think that actually it's more closer to your guys. I think they had like six months of fun. And then those six months have determined their entire relationship. So, you know. But as we learned last time, my parents' divorce is not as funny as we thought it was going to be. Yeah, you know what? When this airs in 20... Oh, yeah. People don't know this. Okay. Again, eight months later, this means nothing. Lori and I, we're going to do a very special holiday season. Episode one, Lori just does this depressing diatribe about love... And you were the one who asked. You were the one who asked me to well, go that's into because, it. But that's because right before I talked to you, you said, um, "Oh, I think they're going to get back together." I'm like, "Okay, so there's a happy ending, right?" And then she's like, oh, "I never said it was a good thing that they were going to get back together." I don't know if I believe in love anymore. Anyway, 
Here's All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. <laughs> and I, was I like, don't know. Oh. I was pretty excited that we got to play that, that divorce song. I really like that Sammy Davis Jr. song. Well, unfortunately, if you're listening to this on the main feed, you never got to hear it because I refuse to release it to the main feed. It's only on Patreon. So that's another excuse. If you want to ever hear that, you can join Patreon right now uh, at the premiere level, at the premium level, and you can go back and listen to that from the archives. But let Look me t- Sammy Davis Jr., you better sit down, kids. That's, a, that's an upbeat divorce song. So if you ever need to, to shed some light on a marriage that's fallen apart to your children, put that song on in the background. This week, Pearl is over the judges and Mrs. Kasha Davis is over Pearl being over the judges. The girls make quick dresses out of paper and participate in the first ever Despie Awards. In the workroom, Pearl has an iconic moment with RuPaul that makes Max very uncomfortable. During the Despie Awards, Mrs. Kasha Davis messes up one word, welcome. As a result, she is forced to go head-to-head with Candy Ho in a lip-sync battle for their lives. In the end, Candy Ho was told, Shantae, you stay, while Mrs. Kasha Davis was asked to sashay away Lori Roggenkamp. Name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Um... <laughs> I will say the the moment I laughed the loudest at, and this is no joke, was when they did the during the Despy Awards. They go, they cut to the the men from the pit crew, and they're um uh wearing like no, no uh, like their speedos, and then just a tiny little bow tie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's legit funny to me. Um. That so that was one of the things I liked. Another thing I liked was I liked, uh, um, I actually liked Pearl and uh, Max's uh, thing during mm-hmm. their, you know, their episode. I thought yeah. that that was really cute. Um, I didn't like what I have a question. What was up? Oh shoot, what was up with um? Why didn't? Kathy Griffin judged the competition. Like, why did why did she just have that one tiny little part? I almost, is there some kind of drama know. between them? Or? No, no, I don't think so. I would. The only thing I would guess is maybe when because I know when they do the actual judging, it is an all day thing. Like it's an all. It's like literally morning to late at night. So yeah. I'm, I'm thinking maybe Kathy just couldn't fit that in her schedule, but she could fit in a few hours where she came in and coached them. Oh, okay, I could see that. Yeah. Because, yeah, I just felt like, I don't know. I felt like Isaac Mirzrahi was, like, really just looking for a boyfriend. <laughs> like, I don't know if he necessarily cared about, like, di- the actual judging. I think he was just like, I just want to, I just want one of these guys to see that I complimented them, and then hopefully they'll suck my dick later. Why, like, was, he, just, was he complimentary towards the hot ones? Yeah, he was very complimentary towards Miss Fame, which I, who I thought was awful. Miss Fame, though, can't. is very fashion. Just so you know, I can't just so stand you, her. I so cannot. You know. She first off, I, beauty is an eye of the beholder, and to me, she looks like uh, a penis without the skin. Like she just is not attractive at all. Well, first of all, penis without the skin is a very attractive. But also, next uh, is Miss Fame and Violet Chachki have both post season seven gotten a lot of work in uh, the fact like they've done uh, runways they've, they've been on fashion shoots they've been on the cover of major fashion magazines they're they're seen as very very high fashion and miss okay, fame you're not high listening fashion to what this. i'm saying i don't care that they're high fashion i think she's an awful person no i understand it but what i'm saying is why isaac mizrahi it's isaac mizrahi is a fashion designer so obviously speaks his language yeah i still think she's an awful person 
Okay. Well, very good. There you go. Uh, all right. Two things that I liked about the episode. One, of course, of course, I love the drama between RuPaul and Pearl. I just think it is the greatest thing ever. I think it's one of the greatest moments in the history of the show. I live for it to this day. It still makes me uncomfortable. I okay. love Max's reaction. Yeah. I thought Max was I thought Max is the perfect person to react to be the person in the middle. I mm-hmm. love that. That was my favorite part. The other thing is uh, I liked is I actually like there's sometimes they do these it's so funny sometimes they repeat certain challenges I'm like oh why are they still doing this challenge every season and then there's some like why didn't they bring this back I think the Despy Awards is a great idea and I thought it was a fun challenge and I wish they would bring it back I thought it was no. fun oh you didn't like the idea well first off I think award shows in general are the one probably the most boring things ever okay like there's just nothing entertaining to me about waiting for people to get an award And I think when you put on top of that the pressure of being funny, it usually never works. It rarely works in some cases. And it usually only works when it's just like, hey, guys, let's just have a fuck around party. Mm -hmm. And let's just, you know, let's just be let's just roast each other and just be fun. So there were some moments that were okay, But most of the time it was just I I fell asleep twice watching this episode. You fell asleep twice watching this episode. Just the despy parts, like the actual like rehearsing and stuff was interesting because mm-hmm. to see like like um watching Kathy Griffin do that that's kind of how I wish that everybody would be, mm-hmm. and that's also a very groundlings thing that she mm-hmm. was doing, which is like interrupting people and just telling them no well she's I mean, she's a, a very well known groundling, yeah <clears throat> but um but yeah, I just felt I felt like the show it's that the show itself was just extremely boring. I was just like, oh my God. Welcome to the Batansies, an award show for Season 7, Episode 5, titled The Despy Awards. My name is Joe Batance, and we are beginning an awards today for just this particular episode. Anyway, on this award show, special guest stars, Kathy Griffin, Michelle Visage, RuPaul, Isaac Mizrahi, Miss Fame, Violet Chachki, A Penis with No Skin, Pearl. Is there something on my face? Daria. Mrs. Kasha Davis. Debbie Downer. The entire cast of the Groundlings. Sharna Halpern. And the award for worst co-host ever goes to Lori Roggenkamp from RuPaul's oh Drag Race Recap. Oh, wow. Congratulations, Lori, for winning the award uh, for worst co-host ever. How does it feel? 
I would like to thank the phone call that came in. Yeah, that what was that? I, I was almost tempted to answer, uh, but then they hung up before I can answer. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to thank my fat thumbs for pressing the phone button three times, so I mm-hmm. accidentally almost called 911. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I'd also like to thank myself earlier for forgetting uh-huh. to turn off my ringer. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and I just, uh, I just want to thank Joe for letting me be a part of the show and, um, you know, really just, uh, not looking for any other hosts. All thank right. you, Joe. After Trixie's elimination, the girls walk into the workroom. Pearl announces that she's over the judges and their harsh critiques, while Mrs. Kasha Davis says she's over Pearl's lackluster enthusiasm. The next day, RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. For today's mini challenge, you'll be making your own paper versions of classic celebrity red carpet outfits. Now, you'll be working in pairs. So based on how you lined up this morning, teams are Ginger Minge and Candy Ho, Little Kim, Jane Diorfeas, and Kennedy Davenport, Lady Gaga, Pearl and Max, Cher, Mrs. Kasha Davis, and Katya. Bjork Uh-oh. and Violet Chachki and Miss Fame, Jennifer Lopez. All right, all the looks were pretty good, but Mrs. Kasha Davis and Katya took it a step further when Kasha donned her best Joan Rivers couture and Katya gave a humorous impression of Bjork. In the end, Mrs. Kasha Davis and Katya were named the winners of the challenge. Lori, your thoughts on everything that happened after Trixie's elimination, uh, what happened the next day with the mini challenge, any, any thoughts there? Um, I... I thought it was a little... Look, I I think it's fine that Pearl is frustrated. Mm -hmm. I feel like people just need to, like, actually, like, sit down and be like, hey, this is a competition. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to get judged. Yeah. I just... I I get so frustrated when people are shocked that they're getting judged. It's like, this is a... You know, like, move on. Like, I I do feel like sometimes Michelle Visage can be a little harsh, but at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, she's a judge. That's what she's there for, you know? Mm -hmm. Um. But then at the same time, then Kasha Davis comes in and says, oh, well, knowing that it took me so long to get here, I get a little frustrated when she says that she feels, you know, like she's over the show. And it's just like, that has nothing to do with you. I mean, it's just so, to me, it's always frustrating because it's so, it's so many ego, egotistical personalities that everything has to involve everybody else. So if, if somebody else, you know, farts, the other one has to breathe it in. And it's mm-hmm. just like, just, calm, just. Like, let that person vent. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be about you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I love the, the the challenge. I thought the challenge was right. I, however, I don't remember, and I, I watched it twice, and I feel awful if I missed it. Did they wa- did they say that one of them couldn't be involved in the in the runway? Was that one of the re- was that one of the requirements that one of them had to kind of stay off to the side? Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I think what they didn't show, I think they only showed Mrs. Kasha Davis, is one of them did the runway look. Yeah, because they're making a dress out of paper, and the other one would be describing what the look is. Now, the reason you know they were doing it is they actually did show, apart from Mrs. Kasha Davis, Pearl was describing what Max was wearing. You know, so they did actually give a peek of that. But, But Kasha took it a step further and did it as Joan Rivers describing it. Okay, because I kind of was like, I felt like I liked Kasha Davis and Katya because I felt like they were the only ones who used both of them. And everybody else, I was kind of like, 
you know, why? Like, why just kind of just stand off to the side? Like, yeah. it just felt like it was a waste of uh, two people. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm both look, both Violet Chachki and Miss Fame are skinny white men. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you're going to get Jennifer Lopez, at least try and add some kind of like, you know, padding or something to make it seem like she has a butt because that's like basically the biggest part of that dress is the Mm -hmm. fact that it shaped her butt. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to, you know, I mean, it just, it looked like a a narrow line. Like Mm -hmm. it just, it was like kind of ridiculous. Well, that's you. Everyone should know because Lori's talked about this in other episodes. You think that is peak Jennifer Lopez, that outfit, right? That dress. Oh yeah. Like you, that's Jennifer Lopez that, I mean, but I mean, have you seen her lately? She looks just as good. So, I mean, Gener- but I mean that's you. What is going on? Why are there so many noises? I going- cannot figure you, out how to turn off my phone. Do you live in a sound factory? Um, no, I got a new phone and I haven't been able to figure out how to turn it. And it like will turn off for a while and then it'll come back on and then I don't know. So, but no. So, anyways, I'm gonna go try and I'm just gonna throw it into the other room. Um, but uh, uh, no, yeah. So it's like you have to know what kind like. They did that thing where they put the lit her lips. They made her lips big. It's like who gives a shit about her lips? Mm-hmm. Focus on her ass. Yeah, I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> by the way, BT <laughs> All right, I'll be right back. Wait. <laughs> okay. So wait. So, but did you have any thoughts though on the uh, actual uh, uh, mini challenge itself? Did, did you did the right person? I win? liked it. I was gonna say I liked it too. In that. Um, Again, this is another example. I wish they would bring this challenge back. I thought it was a good challenge. There are some good challenges this season. Uh, and I feel I wish they would bring this challenge back. I would love to see other contestants get to do this challenge. Are you talking about like challenge as far as like Justice Mini Challenge or the whole Despy Awards challenge? Actually, I think both. This, this challenge is, I think this challenge I would like to see again. I know. They you already done told this, us. This you don't, one at all? You don't. No, they've never done this one again. It's funny because The Price is Right has been on for, what, 100 years? And yeah. you could do... and They have the same fucking games all the fucking time with different contestants. RuPaul's Drag Race has been on enough times... It's been on for going on 12 years, all right? So to the point where they could actually bring in... A lot of the old challenges, the greatest hits, and do them again. And, and it could be a whole different season with a mix of challenges. The queens don't know what challenge they're going to do, you know? But bring yeah. back the old ones that are really good. I wonder, yeah, I wonder, because they always, they do keep a couple trying to, like, they keep Matt Snatch Game. Yeah. Um, the Reading Challenge. And then I can't, the Reading Challenge, that's one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I would like to see this one again. I thought that I also the the one that they did was that in the beginning of this season, or maybe it was maybe it's one that I haven't watched. But it was the one where they blew a fan into their mouths. Was that this season, or was that another season that I watched? What? Um, and they photographed they photographed their faces like they blew a fan into their mouths, and they photographed their faces. And Moby was the one of the oh the yeah 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 yeah. I think that must have been this was that this season. I feel it was yeah. But um, I like. I thought that was a fun challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was because it was. Uh, I remember. Um, uh, shit, I can't think of her name. Anyways, mm-hmm. so I, I do. I do. I did think that this was a cute challenge, and I thought that they did. I, I like seeing what they came up with. I'm still always amazed mm-hmm. 
at how they give them like such little time in these flash challenges mm-hmm. and they are able to create, they're able to do what I could accomplish in a day and a half with mm-hmm. like a team they're able to do in like, you know, 10 minutes with just the two of them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, their, their creativity is off the charts, but yeah, I wish, I wish they would have, uh, the, some of them would have done what Kasha and Katya did, which is, you know, do the two of them. But I thought, I thought the, that was the best. And I thought they were, mm-hmm. although I do feel like, in my opinion, yeah, I feel like it's all about the people, the people who lost should have been the hosts. The people who won should have oh. been given something else. So I feel like hosting is such a big thing. Well, what's funny is there didn't seem to be any sort of advantage or disadvantage, to be honest with you, with hosting. There was really no. I feel like all it was all just if you if you mess up, you're fucked. But if you do well, then nothing good will happen. You know, like yeah. I don't think that they were really given. I don't know. I just I felt like it was like. It's and also it's like you have to be like you're the first. It's like it was, it's like doing a stand up set. You're the mm-hmm. first people on. You have to set the tempo, you know. And so the the fact that you're warming up the audience, yeah, you know that that gives you no. You don't get any benefits from that. Yeah. So I don't know. I actually think most people were fine. They had to find. We'll get to this, but they had to find a reason to. We'll, we'll get to that. We're not there yet. All right. Next, RuPaul announced this week's main challenge. Good news. You're invited to the most prestigious award show of the season, girl! The first annual Despy Awards. Hashtag snatching trophies. Now, working in your current pairs, you will be both the presenters and the nominees. You'll need to come up with funny banter, take jabs at your fellow nominees... And if you win, you better have an unforgettable acceptance speech. The categories are Sexy, Sexy Drag Queen, presented by Jaden Dior Fierce and Kennedy Davenport. Most Busted Queen, presented by Pearl and Max. (laughs) The Shadiest Queen, presented by Ginger Minge and Candy Ho. And my favorite, The Meatiest Tough, presented by Violet Tchotchke and Miss Fame. Kasha Davis and Katya, you won the mini challenge, so you'll be our Despy co-hosts. In the workroom, Violet and Fame, uh, Violet and Miss Fame struggle to get along. Meanwhile, Jaden Dior Fierce and Kennedy Davenport are also working on their comedy bits. It doesn't take long before RuPaul enters the workroom to make her first round, um, to make a round of table visits. Kasha and Katya have a clear idea of what they want to perform. Violet and Fame seem to be struggling to find the comedy. Ginger overshadows Candy, but it's Pearl and Max that make the most memorable impression. Now, you have a, a very big personality. Pearl, you do not have a very big personality. How are you going to overcome that for this award? I kind of want to analyze as we go. So RuPaul says to Pearl, says to Max, you have a big, very big personality, which I do not think is accurate. Do you think is Max has a great big personality, Lori? I would say on stage, I would say not necessarily big. I think she has a distinct personality. Okay. Where it's like very, di- it's like spe- you could say that, that, oh, that's a Max personality. But it's yeah. not, I would say Ginger Minge has a big personality. Yes. Yes. Katya has a big personality. Katya Kasha. Yeah. Mrs. Kasha Davis has a very big personality. You're right. But, but then she tells Pearl, you don't have a big personality, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Violet Chachki doesn't have a big personality. RuPaul, I would say, has a big personality. Yeah, but like, and it's not. And I would say that, but that's how I think she filters a lot of her stuff. Is that you have to have 
a big personality in order to be funny. And it's like, that's not true. You can mm-hmm. be quiet and not be, you know, Stephen Wright is a very demure, very quiet man, but he is one of the best joke writers ever. Yeah. So, so but the point is not necessarily, she's just pointing out a fact. Pearl does not have a big personality, right? But I think yeah. Pearl, Pearl interprets it a different way. Here we go. Um, uh, I think that I have a great personality. See, she said, I think I have a great personality. So Pearl has interpreted it that she does not have a big personality. So I'm going to let the fight part play out, though, because I don't want, unless you want to stop Lori. But. Well, I have a conspiracy theory, not yeah. necessarily conspiracy, but I have a, a, of a theory of, of why it, how it turned. And I honestly feel like it was all RuPaul. And I think it just shows that RuPaul is kind of like pretty much a genius in this front. Mm hmm. And so I'll, I'll get, but we'll get to that after this. Okay, so I'm going to put your camera up. That way you can uh, put your camera on. And then when you want me to stop it, if you need me to stop it, I'll. We I'll can st- just go all the way through. Oh, I'll okay. say, yeah. Or I'll you can just, just talk and I'll stop. All right, here we go. I just don't want to look at you. All right. Please. Pearl, you know, the reason I'm, I'm twisting your tits here is because you were in the bottom last week. Right. And I want to make sure that this week you up the ante. Well, you kind of, like, told me I had no personality. I mean, that doesn't make me feel good or give me confidence. Well, I'm hoping it will light a fire under your ass. Is there something on my face? No, I'm just not convinced. I'm just not convinced. And I want you to do well. That's why I brought your ass here. It's so intense. I never want to see any of my girls not live up to their potential. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Yeah. All right. I will see you all later. Thank you, Ryu. All right, so what's your conspiracy theory here, Lori? Okay, so I think what happened was, I think when she says you have a big personality and when uh, Pearl says, well, you just told me I have no personality, I you could see, and this is my whole, only my opinion, I feel like you can see RuPaul going, oh, she thinks I just told her she has no personality. So instead of just saying, "Oh no, I told you, just told you, you have no, you don't have a big personality," which isn't a bad thing, she's like, "Let me see if I can still keep pushing it to see where it goes." And so I feel like she sort of like kept pushing it along to make sure that poor Pearl and her had this moment because she knew that this was going to be a big moment if if they continued with it, you know. So I that's how I feel like what she did. Okay, so. <clears throat> I don't think it's a bad idea, and I think you're right. I think she saw the the camera-worthy moments here and what it would be. We've learned a lot about this moment, uh, either from this show, because, you know, we had Mrs. Kasha Davis on, uh, actually from this episode, and we interviewed her, and she talked about this moment. And um, But also, Pearl's talked about it. RuPaul's talked about it. Uh, RuPaul has said, now, this, this doesn't go against your theory, but she said, you know, if it would have been anybody else. She she that she wanted to throw Pearl out of the competition. She wanted to kick Pearl out, right? Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that she thought to herself, and this is just shows. This has always been one. This this quote from RuPaul has always been why how I base the show acts and all the time is that 
Pearl was a really cute boy, and the audiences would be very attracted to her and love her, and so that's why she kept Pearl around, you know? Wait, so she, at that moment, she wanted I don't know to, about that moment, but she, RuPaul's she, talked about this. You, she doesn't have, there's nothing that she did that was, like, crazy that she could kick her off, right? Um, so, I'm just telling you what RuPaul said, right? Well, RuPaul could have booted her from the competition this episode. That she just, says that she's a pretty boy, so she thinks yeah. that... People yeah. would want to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Next. Pearl has talked about it. And, and what we do know is Pearl was gone for a very long time. Kasha has said this. Other contestants have said this. Uh, I think Pearl's talked about it where Pearl was essentially like, I'm going to quit the show. Was despondent. Was so. And not even like. When she went off on the break. Yeah. When she went off on the break. It was like she was so rattled. She was upset. The producers had to basically like talk her down like she was not really? I, don't, I don't even know Sarah was angry i think was very upset like maybe crying sad and huh. like um it was like a really big thing where the producer had to convince her to stay on the show and and she was gone for a really 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 long time like kasha says the amount of time on the interview i don't i don't remember well she said that her and katya because when they when rupaul was touring they were they were just starting to work on their sets right they were doing like brainstorming and then Kasha or Katya, I think, said, we are now in the editing phase. We finished writing it out. We're now in the editing phase. And Pearl still isn't there. So I imagine that's at least an hour, two hours at most. At least. I yeah. Mean, no, no, no. They, she was gone for a long time. Jeez. Yeah. So uh, and it was, so then she comes back and, yeah, they put it together. So uh, do ahead. you think that she was like leaving and then they were like no don't leave or or do you think that she i think she was really upset i don't i mean i wasn't there i don't know but i think that she huh. you know Rup, uh, pearl has also been uh on a show called hey queen and talked about do you know about this quote about rupaul no super, okay well, so this is a, a very in the past year she was on a show called hey queen and this this made the rounds everywhere where pearl was uh said that she was already sort of like not enamored with RuPaul that like, you know, before the show, Ru- she had idolized RuPaul, you know? Yeah. And that RuPaul meant everything to her. And then when they were um, shooting the show early on, uh, RuPaul, you know, RuPaul was talking to Pearl and like a light went out on the camera or something, something happened with the camera and they had to take a moment where they weren't being filmed and like change out the battery or do something. Right. <clears throat> mm hmm. So Pearl decides to use this moment to have like some personal time with RuPaul and say, and she she tells RuPaul something to the effect of, you know, I just want you to know that you, I, I idolize you and I've always looked up to you and it's such an honor to be here and blah, 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 blah. And that RuPaul just stone faced looked at her and said, if whatever you say, if it's not on the camera, I go, I'm fucking the quote up. Someone in the chat room will tell me what it is. If that, oh, when that camera isn't on, what you say doesn't matter. Uh, okay. And then at that moment, um, and I'm sure someone in the in the chat room, and I'm basically telling the chat room, tell me what she said, please. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Luke Stamen in the chat room has it. Nothing you say matters when those cameras aren't rolling. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's tough. So um, now what's funny is some contestants, actually just recently... Some contestants have come out and said that Pearl even sort of misinterpreted that. 
Because, go ahead. No, no, what were you going to say? Because there is a rule on RuPaul's Drag Race that if the cameras aren't on, they're not allowed to talk at all. They're not allowed to talk to each other. They're not allowed to talk at all. They have to stay quiet. And in fact, I do know that be true. There's like there's like a phrase they have. They like the producers put up a, a finger and they say like it's you know quiet time or something like that, right? And they're not. If they're, well, so, I can see that because yeah. you, you, especially with reality, you don't want to miss like a, a moment or something. Exactly. It's like so, when we're talking about stuff and it's like save it for the podcast. Yes, you know? exactly. So some people are saying that, that that's what RuPaul was trying to say to her is. You're not allowed to talk when the cameras are not. Like that's fine, but you know, save it for the show. And uh, you're right. We do that too. Like Lori and I were having a conversation about something we're going to talk about in the rumor mill. And um, what was it? Do you remember what it was, Lori? I think it was your relationship, wasn't it, or something? Or we should have written it down. Oh no, no, no! It was. uh, It was. uh, 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 Shit! It was something about twinks. You better remember before the rumor mill. Sorry. Eight months ago. Okay, so, um, all right. I just love how I was like, twinks. <laughs> hmm. What was I thinking? Um, all right, after the standoff, Pearl storms out of the workroom. Finally, after what seems like an eternity, Pearl re-enters the workroom and sits next to her partner, Max. Lori, your thoughts on everything that happened about Miss Fame and Violet? They're not getting along, writing the jokes. Oh, my God. Could there be two unfunnier people than Violet and Miss Fame? Well, first off, I will say this. I I feel like Miss Fame is everything that people think Violet Tchotchke is. Mm-hmm. I think Miss Fame is, she's annoying. She is judgmental. Mm-hmm. She's negative. She's not funny. What'd you call she's, me? What? Nothing. Go ahead. She, uh, she's just an awful per like she's just not fun she you know what i think the reason i'm so triggered is she reminds me so much of so many men in improv classes that i used to have to be in Mm -hmm. who thought that they were the shit Mm -hmm. and then would go out there and be like you know uh my i'm here to have my balls massaged and it's like well yeah fame always goes super blue yeah like, you know, she'll be like, like, uh, I remember one time I was in a scene with a guy and I was like, I was like, dad, you know, um, I was like, dad, I'm, I'm getting married. And he was like, well, that's, he goes, well, he go, and he said something, I forgot, like, essentially the words, but it was like, you know, enough talk, suck my dick or something. What? Like, he was basically like, you're not my daughter, you're sucking my dick or something like weird. And it was like, he had it in his head that I was going to give him a blowjob, which I gave him a very good fake blowjob. <laughs> But no, he had it in his head that I was going to give him a blowjob. And it was like, no matter what I said, it was. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Miss Fame is exactly that person to a T. Mm-hmm. No matter what somebody else says. But I will say this. They are awful as a team together because they're both good at seeing what they don't want and not what they do want. You know, which I will say this. When Miss Fame was giving out ideas, I felt like Violet was like or i think maybe it was the other way around so either way uh, the other person would give out an idea and the person would say no and then violet would give out an idea and the person would say and miss fame would say no and then miss fame would give an, an idea and, and violet would say no and so i think that like they're just too negative they need somebody to create ideas you know like violet can't come up with an idea to save her life well what's funny is they need some improv classes because i feel like now i don't know that much about improv but i know with writing partners I would have a writing partner who would give an awful suggestion, right? But I wouldn't say, like, no. I'd be like, okay, well, let's take that. What if we did this? And then you build on it, and then somehow it magically becomes something else, you know? 
and has yeah. nothing to do with what the original person said, but you build on that. Does that make sense? There's a really fascinating video. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube where it's they what they did was they took Pablo Picasso, right? And when he was obviously when he was alive, and they had they put him in front of a canvas, but they were able to film from behind and see what he was painting. And he would start with like a shitty fish picture, right? And he kept going and going and building and building. All of a sudden it was like this beautiful, like not have anything to do with a fish, you know? But he would just build and do that. Okay, where can we go here? Where can we go here? And it and it showed you his creative process. And yeah. I think that they're not used to that. But what's funny is I bet you no. they could do that with fashion. You could do that with anything. I mean, so I can't tell you how many um ideas that my like I've heard from that have started out with like people being like, Okay, it's about a guy shitting in a bucket and then it goes on from there and it becomes something actually funny, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and then you get the classic SNL guy shitting in a bucket sketch. Um <laughs> No, but I've been to I've been to UCB shows. UCB guys stands for Upright Citizens Brigade. It's an, it's an improv and sketch company, right? And they're based yeah. out of where LA, New York? Upright Citizens Brigade. Yeah, it's an improv and sketch uh a theater and, and uh school. Okay. It's created by Amy Poehler, <laughs> Matt Walsh, uh Matt Besser, and Ian Roberts. Okay. So but I've been to those where you have to do the Herald, and typically they'll say they'll ask someone from the audience for like a word, right? And then yeah. they'll take that word, and then the next person will like say like this, and then and then they go they go back they go around each other until finally. Well, do you want me to go into it? Because I can go into it. Because you're not you're butchering it. But exactly. well, you know, go into it. I'm gonna go change clothes. I'm not comfortable right, in these clothes. Weird All right, I'll be back. Statement to make. Yeah, I'll be back. What are you gonna put on another black shirt and black pants? <laughs> yeah, and okay, I'm trying to make a fashion statement. Okay. All right. Uh, so basically, so the Herald is a, it's an opening scene that generates ideas. So you take, uh, uh, you know what? Let me, I can do a Herald. I'll do it. It's going to be awful, but I can do a Herald right now for you guys and go over it. So somebody give me a word. Uh, uh, something that, that you find in your kitchen. I'll wait for you guys to, to do the, to type it out. Spatula. Okay, so spatula. So you start with an opening. Now, there's different kinds of openings. There's the organic opening, which I hate, but that's the one that most people go with. And that is where you start off as a team and you kind of do things organically. So you start off like flipping. I'm flipping a spatula. I'm just humming to myself. (laughs) And somebody else might start, you know, going like uh, doing a little more, then you kind of raise it and you do more energy and you're like, ha ha. Oh, I'm frightening you. I'm a, I'm, I'm, you, my name is Inigo Matoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Uh, excuse me. Uh, that's not actually how you say that. Um, it is. My name is Inigo Montoya. You have killed my father. Prepare to die. Not many people know that it is. You have killed my father. Prepared to die. Uh, 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 actually, that's not how he's, said that uh he said you've killed my father prepared to die what the hell do you know dude what do you know dude what are you trying to say what are you trying to say i'm eating over here why is everybody why is everything made of corn there's corn everywhere corn is in the ceiling corn is in the buildings we cut on a beautiful piece of corn it's maize it's thanksgiving we're eating turkey a woman is crafting from wood her the very first spatula spatula and then you edit out that was awful by the way um 
Then you go into an opening scene and there's three opening scenes and they're all different. They're all the, basically the, the whole point of the three, these three scenes, these three beats are called uh, scene one, two, three. They're to show how, um, what, what is they're to show how okay. separate the world is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the first scene could be like, you're supposed to generate ideas from, from that opening. Now mm-hmm. that opening again was awful. So you could come out and you could say like, um, one one uh one woman could say like um you know uh a lot it depends on what theory you go to ucb is very game oriented so you want to set up the the initiation line as far as like you have a game so it could be maybe somebody who uh yells at the screen but very pointed things so it could be like um you know uh oh uh, oh i've been wanting to see this movie for for since it's come out, but I haven't had a chance to. I'm so excited to see the movie. And be like, yeah, no, thank you for asking me. I'm so excited. I'm so, I'm so excited to see the movie too. I'm glad that we can make it happen. You know, I'm glad that we finally got to have our second date. Yeah, shh, 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 shh. the movie's starting. The movie's shh, shh, shh. the movie's starting. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to mean to. I just want to say that, like, I thought I, I re- we really enjoyed our time together, and I thought that our first date we had a lot of time. Shh, yes, no, I, I understand. I just we can talk after dinner. I just, I really want to see. You know, the lighthouse is like, or you have to like really immerse yourself in the lighthouse. And so, you, no, I know. I'm, so, I'm so sorry. Oh. I just, can I hold your hand? Is that possible? I want to hold you. Yeah. Oh, for the love of God! So that's basically the first thing, and the second scene could be something like, um, you know, a mother and ch- a mother and child. Uh, are cooking dinner together and the relationship between them. And then the fourth scene could be like, uh, you know, like uh, uh, essentially it could be something else. I can't think of a third thing. Then they have a group game. What That's you- where usually you have a thing called everybody get in here. So it's like everybody from this department store where we're, we, or, you know, come in here. We need to figure out how to sell corn. We need to make corn sexier. We need to figure a new campaign. And then everybody kind of goes through their, their ideas. And it's like, what happens if we show corn fucking, uh, you know, Marilyn Monroe. It's like, no, okay, that's too sexy. That's a little too sexy. What happens if we have a thing called Corn Hub, where we just show various things where co- people are filming porn with corn? And it, so then you go on from there. And then that's a group game. Then after the group game, you do the, the, th- the first three scenes. So let's see, just for, for confusing factors, the, the third scene is something in space. So it's these two astronauts in space. So you have uh, two people at a movie theater. Um, you have a mother and, and daughter cooking and you have two people in space. Okay. Now this, the, now you want to heighten that. Now you can heighten it in different ways. You can either do an analogous scene, which is you can take the game of that scene. So the first scene was like people talking when they don't want to talk. So you could take the game of that scene. You could put it into with two different characters, different characters. So it could be at like a church or a funeral or something where you, you don't necessarily want people talking. Right. Or you can do a, um, time jump which is just that those people at a different point in time so they're at another thing now it's a little harder to to do that game again without it being kind of dull um so so sometimes you'd have like uh you know you might have an analogous scene or you might have a two time jumps or whatever so it depends on the scene and this is where you start having walk-ons and people kind of walk in and it maybe you could see that the 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 people who you know you have somebody walk in into the second one and that is you find out that that per- somehow that's connected to the scene with the mother and daughter and then you you know so you kind of try and connect the worlds a little bit then you have another group game and then then the group games are totally isolated from the rest of the show they are just 
two standalone group games. That's it. You don't really connect them in any way to the rest of the scenes. And then the final, the three beats, they go by very fast. That's where you wrap everything up and you show. So in the beginning, you show how big the world is. And then towards the end, you show that, you know, maybe the two people on the date are, is the mother and father from the scene where you, uh, where the mother and daughter are cooking. So they had a daughter and then that daughter grows up to be an astronaut who's in space. And it just, you just see how short the world can get. Um, so anyways, that's it. And then it can end on a line of like, we have too much corn and then blackout. So yeah, that's it. Later, the teams each get a chance to work with Kathy Griffin. Jade and Kennedy say girl too much. Violet and Fame learn their more looks and laughs. Pearl and Max need to pick up the energy. And Ginger finally realizes she's not funny. And Katya and Kasha make Kathy come for them. Elimination day. And then the girls walk back into the workroom ready for the day's challenge. Max and Pearl talk about the previous day's event. And Pearl's resigned to her fate. Meanwhile, Miss Fame lets all of us in on her most personal revelation of the entire series. She loves chickens. Lori, your thoughts on working with tell me about tell me about your thoughts about the whole Kathy Griffin workshopping thing. I loved it. Oh, you I thought did. it was great. You did. I actually liked it because I thought it was like it was finally what I feel like it need, they need to have when they have like a guest, mm-hmm. somebody be you know like I'm not I'm fine with criticism. I think criticism is healthy, you know, if it's done the right way. If it's just like you're a bitch and you should die, obviously that's not criticism. Mm-hmm. A good criticism. But I think if you're like, hey, that's not, I don't think that's funny. You need to do it a different way. How about this? Then you go, people, they can go and rewrite it and do it, you know. So I think the Groundlings, they have, it's harsh criticism, but it works. And I I think that that's what Kathy Griffin did. Mm -hmm. I think she told, I mean, even with the Ginger Minch thing, you know, she, with uh, Katya and Kasha, she said, don't say Danny DeVito. That's not necessarily the best reference. They did it anyways. It didn't work, you know? So I think that, you know, it kind of shows that she knows what she's talking about. So but I did it, it not work? I don't, I don't remember it not working. I remember it, like I didn't feel like it worked as well as as they thought. They kind of braced for laughter, and and Ginger Minger was just kind of like, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So, so you're saying if you go to and don't please don't go into a twenty minute diatribe about the Groundlings classes, but like, um, class one we do. <laughs> Uh, but you're saying that you, you go to a groundlings class. It's kind of what it's like. Yeah. Oh, very even worse. I mean, I've told you. Uh, did I tell you Drew Drogi, who's this uh, great uh, comedian? He does a lot of stuff on Chloe Svigny. He does a lot of imitations of her. Um, and he was a, my ground, first groundlings teacher, and he was like very loud, and he would like cut you off and be like, "Get come up with something right now. Stop talk, Stop thinking. Don't think." And he would yell at you. And his big thing was sound. He couldn't he couldn't handle like background noise. And so, of course, I was always eating chips. So he would always be like, "Oh my god, Lori, please shut up." <laughs> so, Lori, you are very loud. I oh, can you imagine? And he still liked me after the end of the class. So oh, really? either that just shows how funny I am or how much he's able to put up with. Yeah. So, or both. But he, yeah. So they're very they're very in your face about it, which. Mm-hmm. You know, at some points I, I despise, but then overall, when I look back, I actually enjoyed because it's like, it's good to know in the moment what you're doing wrong, mm-hmm. you know, especially in that kind of cat in that kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. I could see if you were to say like with improv, you kind of need to let scenes breathe and you need to see where things are going. But if it's a straight up, like, this is what we've written out. If it's not working, it's not working. So, yeah. 
Uh, I actually thought she was kind of like they're not in a grounding class. They're not people there for that. So I don't know if they're necessarily that's the, it was. I don't. I don't know if I thought it was as constructive as you did. But but you've been through this, so you know what how that works. But don't you think that in a in a in a course when you're with the person a lot and you're going to see it from beginning to end? Yes, that could be a constructive way to do things. But she's with them for an, for five minutes each. You know, ten minutes each. And do you think that was the most productive way of doing things? But even more so. I mean, it's like, what are you supposed to do? If you only have them for 10 minutes, are you supposed to hold their hands and be like, great, great job. We all did it. We, we, you know, maybe I would say maybe if you're, if you're thinking about it, maybe mm-hmm. not do it that way, but who knows, you know, mm-hmm. no, you got five minutes with somebody. If I had five minutes with you, mm-hmm. you know, and you were telling, you were telling me a joke. If I didn't like it, I would say, no, this isn't good. You need to work. You need to do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. But you're at, cause you're asking for somebody's opinion. Yeah. At the end of the day, look, look, Katya and Kasha again. Mm-hmm. She, uh, uh, RuPaul made, or, um, uh, fuck, what's her name? Kathy Griffin made a huge mm-hmm. thing about how she didn't think that the, uh, Danny DeVito thing worked. They still kept it. At the end of the day, it's like, do you value somebody else's opinion above your own? To a certain extent, I value other people's opinions above my own. But if I really feel like something's going to work, mm-hmm. I'll do it anyways. So they did it. But yeah, I think I, I thought, I can see where it can come off as harsh, but see, I felt like it was a harsh productive. Whereas I feel like with other times when like Michelle Visage has directed stuff, she's just harsh or she's yeah. not even like necessarily harsh. She just gives side eye glances and it's like, yeah. you're not fucking helping anybody, you dumb cunt. So. So you have nothing to say about the elimination day then when Pearl was like, oh, I think I'm going home and Miss Fame was, what about the Miss Fame talking about how much she loves chickens? That was a weird thing, but I felt like it was like oddly endearing. Okay. Like I was like I, I honestly I felt like they were like we need something to make her look human. So let's talk <laughs> about her obsession with chickens. Yeah. All right. During the Despy Awards, Kennedy and Jaden were definitely the funniest presenters. Pearl and Max were fine. Ginger outshines Candy. Violet and Fame are fine too. But it's Kasha and Conti as the host of the show that really foreshadowed what's to come. Uh, later on the judges panel, RuPaul names Pearl and Max for some reason as the winners of the challenge. Before the two winners leave the runway, Pearl has something to say to RuPaul. Yeah, she apologized to her, right? Right. Was or an is apology? That what she did? Nah, she wasn't an apology. She was like thanking her for you know giving her the kick in the ass that she needed. I wonder if the it producers was, I, told I, her. I had a hard time understanding what she was saying. It's she's it was like, I feel like she's getting deader as time. Oh, you goes hate on. Pearl too. I feel like she died three episodes ago, and her body's <laughs> catching up to it. <laughs> Meanwhile, during the judges' critiques, Miss Fame is asked for the first time a question that will become a running gag for the rest of her time on the show. Lori, how's your head? <laughs> Wait, what? Did I miss this? Yeah, you didn't Was this see- right before the thing? For when they were singing? Yeah, she goes, and she's, uh, something, Miss Fame something about like something that was in her head, and like RuPaul says to her, how's your head? And the joke answer is, I've never had any complaints. Okay, and Miss Fame doesn't get it, and they keep like basically spoon feeding oh, it to her. Oh, that was it. Okay. Oh, see, I totally lost it. I totally was confused because I didn't realize. I thought that that was. I thought she was like upset about something else because I thought that what RuPaul said was so innocuous mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, there must have been something said to her while she was walking by that really upset her. No, well, no, Miss yeah, Fame she is oblivious. Hurt. No, Miss Fame's oblivious. She she looked upset about she what? Looked, uh, uh, what what RuPaul said? What did RuPaul she say? She looked. How's your head? No, no, no! I'm telling you, this comes up throughout the whole season. 
Really? This is the first time they do it, yes. It's, it's a running joke in the season. You'll see. Okay, because yeah. she looked upset. She looked upset by something. Well, and I was like, oh, I wonder what that was about. Yeah. Did you agree with uh, Pearl and Max as the winners of the challenge? Yeah, I thought they did great. You know, I mean, I, I here's the thing. I think they it set them up to where they either had to be um, uh, winners or losers. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that the fight and everything went out. So, what did you think? I don't know. I mean, look, it's one of these things that can go either way. Like, a lot of them did pretty well, to be honest with you. I, I didn't think anybody was so... That's why I, I think it's so fucked up what they did to, Miss, to Miss, Mrs. Kasha Davis. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. I thought it was... It, first off, again, I feel like it was... Because she was just not... She was the least attractive of the group. In yeah, it's, it's like the show has the, their sight set on someone that they want to go home. And no matter what that person does, that person's going home. Because she said, welcome. Yeah, that was dumb. That was because dumb. so many people have said other things that have been, you know, off-putting or whatever, and it's just like, and they don't go home. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. And RuPaul. also, I will say this: RuPaul, I've been, to the, I've been to so many of these finales where RuPaul can't read what's on the cue card. You've been to the finales before. You know, she yeah. really does cue, uh, when she's reading the cue card. She well, doesn't... she turns into Donald Trump. She always acts like that's what she meant to say, and it's like, no, you didn't. You didn't mean to say agenda. So the point is that um, that to, to to eliminate someone because they said welcome when RuPaul herself fucks up the cue cards all the time is ridiculous. You were making a point. What was it? I'm sorry. Oh, it wasn't important. I just I here's the thing. I just don't see why Miss Fame was necessary. Like I could see Pearl again. I just don't find Miss Fame attractive. I could mm-hmm. see Pearl them wanting to keep Pearl because Pearl is an attractive man. Yeah. And I could see maybe keeping Violet because because Vi- let's be honest, Violet really hasn't brought like her looks are good, but she has not brought it this this last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. And I you could say the same about Miss Fame, and Miss Fame isn't really even that attractive to me. Like she just has like a weird face. And so I just think that like you know, she's just not, she's not funny. She's not talented in any way. She just, she kind of looks good if she wears a shit ton of makeup, what she could say about anybody. So, you know, I just, I don't know. I just dislike Ms. Fame. So I was a little upset that, and I was upset that what's her face even got was put in the bottom. I don't think Kasha or Candy should have been put in the bottom. Who would you have put in the bottom? Uh, I would have put Ms. Fame and Ms. Fame. No, I would have put Jordan Dior, right? Oh, Jaden right? Dior, Dior Fierce. Uh-huh. Jaden Dior Fierce. Mm-hmm. And because I just felt like Jane Dior Fierce, everything she said kind of just seemed like she was like, it was like a day late and a dollar short. She just seemed like she had a very big delay with everything. Mm-hmm. And I think I would miss Fane. Oh. <laughs> and then what, who would you have sent home? Uh, miss Fane. <laughs> now, by the way, Luke in the chat room wants to know is... Do you not find her attractive as a woman or as a man or both? As an entity, I don't find her attractive. Everything about Miss Fame is, is unattractive to me. All right. Back on the main stage, Candy Ho and Mrs. Contra Davis are placed in the bottom two and forced to go head-to-head in lip-sync battle for their lives. A song, Lover Girl by Tina Marie. Both gave it their all, but in the end, Candy Ho was told, Shantae, you stay, while Mrs. Contra Davis was asked to sashay away. Lori Roggenkamp, any final thoughts on the episode? I don't know 
if Kasha Davis could have won this, won this lip sync. I feel like from the get go, I think she was screwed. But I will say this: I felt like her dance moves did not help matters. I felt like she, she at some points was pointing to Candy Ho. Like, what? Why were you pointing? To, why are you pointing to Candy Ho? And also, she did this thing where she would open up her skirt and then just like hop. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's not, you got, I don't know what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Like just try it. She wasn't even trying to make it funny. Mm-hmm. She was just, she was just like kind of just twirling in the wind. So I, I just, yeah, I just, from the, from like moment one, I was like, oh, Candy's going to win. She's I feel gonna, it was a, I, I feel it was a very solid, like that Mrs. Concha Davis brought a very solid lip sync, but it was very solid in a very old school type of drag kind of way, which is weird because RuPaul comes from that school of old school drag, that same school. And um, I didn't think Mrs. Concha Davis was bad. Like, I didn't I think she was bad. I just didn't think she was I mean, Candy obviously had the energy. Mm-hmm. She had, she was actually doing like coherent dance moves. You know, she was doing things that I felt like actually made mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um. All right. Uh, any other? Have you gotten all your thoughts out about the episode? Very boring. I did not like the Despies. Oh, you did not like this um, episode. No, I didn't like the Despies. Not at even all. the part where RuPaul and really... Pearl. Not even the part where RuPaul and Pearl did showdown. You no 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 I I'm talking about the just the award show and oh, okay, that okay. part mm-hmm. you couldn't I mean gun to my head I couldn't even tell you who won which category it was mm-hmm. so boring I, can tell I wasn't you. Even, I barely could focus I can tell you if you want um who won uh for sexy sexy drag queen the winner was Miss Fame for most busted drag queen the winner was Jaden Dior Fierce for okay. shadiest shade the winner was Violet Chachki. And for the meatiest tuck, the winner was Katya. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would have, I would like to see. I wish the energy of the of the flash challenge went into the full challenge, but I felt like it kind of petered out at the end. You know, I, I was kind of, you know, what's so funny is that the showdown between Pearl and RuPaul. That's one thing, and I loved it, of course, because I love cringy moments like that. But um, it's like the emotional equivalent of having like a Sour Patch Kid, you know? Yeah, and uh, I love it, and uh, but. I think what was even cringier, and no one ever talks about it, is when Ru- B- Pearl thanks RuPaul. Because you can so tell the producers were like, you know, almost like when you hear about Donald Trump, where like the people have to like, they'll, they'll tell people like, oh, you have to thank, make sure you thank him, you know, kind of thing. Like, I yeah. feel they were like, you have to make sure and thank per- uh, RuPaul, blah, 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 blah. Like, make sure and say this to her. And you could tell it was just sort of weird. It was so bizarre. Yeah. That made that made me more uncomfortable than the actual showdown itself because you know Pearl wasn't really thinking that. No, not at all. I don't even think that she wanted to say anything to her. So mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. All right, well that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Join us next time as we discuss, dissect, and deconstruct another episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season Seven. Until then, for Lori Roggenkamp and myself. Sashay away until next week. Oh, by the way, you're going to hear a bunch of names at the end. Jeffrey Thunderbearer is a part of it, too. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Drag Race Recap. Our Instagram account is managed by Stephen Starling. 
If you want access to more Drag Race content and other Afterthought Media shows, support us at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Lori Roggenkamp on Instagram at PickleMyth. Follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. That's B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The theme song was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. This podcast was made possible by the following exclusive tier Patreon supporters. Nicholas Springham, Katie Whitmire, April Pacheco, Dean UK, Melissa Payton, Nikki Baker, Devin McKay, The State of Bree, Robert NYC, Rachel J, AJ Norris, Richard C, Common Cool, Humble Pie, J. Thomas Plank, Luke Stamen, Sirmet Smith, Travis Potter, Jesse Harris, John J, Jimmy Kilbasa, Pedro SF, Ginger Biscuit, Jesse Lozano, Parker Elliott, Lauren Eckert, Haley Sklands and her mom, and Jordan Darling. RuPaul's Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. <laughs>